Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Hopefully you're having a good morning. I, I don't know about you, I love the rain, honest to goodness. This is one of the best weathers I think I could ever have. A little bit more lightning and thunder, and I'd be, like, so happy. I don't know why I've just always loved the rain and the thunder and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, wow, yeah, it's, it's such a privilege to be able to speak this morning. So thank you guys so much for, for letting uh, your youth pastor speak to you. Hopefully... You'll get something youthful out of it. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be good, though, hopefully. And, uh, but yeah, thank you so much. I, I really uh, treasure these times to be able to speak in front of you. Uh, so let's just pray together before we get going. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Uh, God, it, it, it really is such a privilege to be able to speak. And, and so, God, I just pray that you would uh, help me to fade to the background, Lord God, that you, Jesus, would become the thing that becomes the focal point, Lord God. I pray that what you want us to walk away with this morning would be what we walk away with, Lord God. May your Holy Spirit just speak to us and, and, and challenge us and encourage us, whatever we need, or rather, what, whatever you need to give us, Lord God. May it be so. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, so today's message, if you looked at your little handout there, it is titled, What's Your Stride? What's your stride. And so to get us into the mindset, uh, I want to kind of tell a little bit about what's going on in my life to kind of and hopefully just bring you up to date with what I'm doing. I, I'm currently on this keto diet. I don't know if you've heard of it or whatever. I'm trying my best. And, and so part of that diet is actually just getting more and more active. And so that's what I've been trying to do. I'm trying to go for, for walks and for jogs and then eventually for runs. And, and so I've been looking into, okay, what is actually a good run? What does it look like? What are, what are the techniques that are involved? And so I thought for this morning, since it's titled, What's Your Stride? That we would look at this helpful video that I found. Hi, I'm Jen Van Allen, Special Projects Editor with Runner's World. And I'm Bud Coates, four-time qualifier in the Olympic Trials Marathon and coach to the Runner's World staff. And we're going to teach you how to run. Running can be a very daunting physical activity, but with the proper knowledge and form, it can be a lifetime activity that also improves your health. Today we're going to try to answer one of the most basic questions, which is, what is proper running form? Okay, today we're going to start with the running form above your waist. First thing we want to concentrate on is to make sure your shoulders are relaxed, not wrapped up around your ears. When that happens, your chest is constricted and it's very hard to breathe. We want you with relaxed shoulders and breathing through the diaphragm. Next, we work with the elbow at about 90 degrees or less so that when you swing back, your hand is either at hip height or a little higher. As you swing forward, you want to reach toward a center line, but you don't want to cross over in front of your body. And finally, a nice relaxed grip with the fist. If you squeeze too tight with the fist, you're going to waste energy. And we want all that energy to go toward a nice, calm running form. So as you swing back and forth, 
The elbows bent at about 90 degrees, and you have a nice relaxed hand. Now you want to maintain a short, quick stride. You want to be careful not to overextend your forward leg in front of you. That can put extra strain on the knees and the hamstrings. Plus, it can slow you down. You want to make sure that your foot lands underneath your knee so that it supports your body and helps you maintain forward momentum. And there you have it. So now it's time to go out for a run. Now that you've learned proper running form, check out our next video. We'll show you how to make running up and downhill a breeze. Now you know. <laughs> in, case, in case you didn't know, for some of you, you're like, uh, yeah, Quinn, it's running. I, we get it. <laughs> but but for, for those of you who don't do running or whatever, it, it, it's actually interesting. There, there's some stuff that is involved with running. And, and to get a good stride, to be able to actually keep going, you need to do it properly. And so if you guys want to stand up, we're going to all go outside. No, I'm just kidding. But it's not the YMCA here, I promise. But so what, like, what I want you guys to think about is, is it, there is actual points in running. It, you actually have to think about how you're going to be running. There, there's, there's techniques in which you can perform your run. And, and really, it comes down to the stride. Of, of what you're doing. And the stride makes up exactly what you're doing every single step. And today, in the same way, we're going to be looking at our Christian walk, or our Christian jog, or our Christian run, and, and what that looks like. Because the reality is, it, it, it's not only our walk, it impacts not only us, but it impacts the world around us as well. But man, a stride in walking, jogging, and especially running will allow you to actually go the distance. A good stride will. I mean, it not only affects how we're going to be able to run, it shapes the type of runner that we're going to be. I mean, it changes, from, changes us from running kind of slow, maybe awkward, or, or maybe even painful, to something that can actually be maintained and allow us to run and keep running. It prevents us from hurting our knees, our shins, and, and even our feet. And if our stride is a healthy, sustain, sustainable stride, one which is in proper alignment, it actually allows us to keep on moving, to push past the point where we wouldn't have been able to keep going if our stride wasn't good. It allows us to keep on going for today, tomorrow, and the next day. Which is, if you want to be a good runner, if you want to be competitive, you actually need to be out there all the time, practicing, getting in that run. Especially if you're training for like a marathon or anything. Man, that's a lot of work. And so you need to be doing it day in, day out. And when it comes down to, as a runner, a stride is what it comes down to. A stride is what separates a good runner from a great runner. It could all come down to the stride. And in the same way with our walk with Jesus, is that it allows us to go the distance, to shape our today and our tomorrow, our stride. Are we keeping in step with Jesus? And, and, and when we actually keep in step with Jesus, it allows us to keep a good spiritual health. So today, and really even over the past few weeks, that's what we've actually been talking about. 
We've been looking about being spiritually healthy, keeping spiritually healthy. And, and for some of us, some of those things, it, it's been stuff that we're like, okay, that's a good reminder. I, I know that that's not what we're supposed to be doing if we want to keep spiritually healthy. I know we need to give up some stuff. There's some things out in the world that is acceptable that for us as Christians, it should have no part of our life. And so for some of us, it's, it's we're looking at those things and it's how to surrender those things. How do we give those things up? Perhaps they're sinful. Perhaps they're unintentionally sinful. Or maybe they're just even bad habits that we're picking up from the world around us. I don't know about you, but as we've been going through this series and, and even as like I've been doing my daily devotions, getting into the Bible, sometimes I'll be reading and, and, and some stuff will just hit me and they'll convict me of some stuff that I'm doing in my life that I shouldn't be doing. Or maybe it's during a message for you, or reading your Bibles, or reading a devotional, whatever it is. But for me, whenever that kind of stuff happens, I, I, I have kind of this like mindset that always triggers. And the first piece is, is, is that really bad? Should I really not be doing that thing? Is it sinful? It is? Shoot, <laughs> I, need, I need to work on that. But then something else in my mind kind of triggers at the same time. And, it, and it's saying, is it really that bad? Can I really not do that thing to Jesus? Are, are you limiting me yet again on what I can do and what I can't do? And then I start to justify things. I start to kind of try to convince myself that it's not that bad. And I'm like, well, I'm not really doing anything particularly wrong, right? It's, it's okay, I'm not hurting anyone. It's not affecting anyone, really. And, and it's just like, okay, God, just, I, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, there's more, there's more important things I need to deal with, right? But then as I do that, I'm just living in this world of justifying to myself what I'm doing. And I don't know about you, but my mind kind of goes like this. Is it really bad to swear? Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, you don't want to swear at people. People get hurt. That's not good. We don't want to do that. Well, what if I'm just saying it out of the situation? Is that okay? Is, is it okay to say that the situation is, is crappy, is not good, or, or whatever else I want to say about the situation? No, it's, it's not good to do that. Well, what if I, what if I replace the four-letter word for something else? Maybe Aunt Jemima. Like, I don't know, whatever your go-to word is. And it's just like, is that okay, God? Is that okay? No? That's not okay either? Well, in Ephesians 4.29, we've already covered this. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Nothing. Okay, God. Let, let, let it not be corrupting. All right. Well, what, is it bad to hate someone? It is. But, like, God, you don't know what they've done. You don't understand how much they've hurt me. They, they deserve how much I hate them. They've cut me really deep, God. You know that. I, I've been actually praying to you and telling you about this. And, and I've been trying to forgive them, but God, I just can't. I really hate them. And God's just like, no, it's not okay. You can't hate them. And I'm like, all right, God, I, I, I can't hate them. You're right. That's very clear in your, in your word. I can't hate those people. Okay, I'm just going to really dislike them. <laughs> A holy level of dislike, right? It's acceptable, right, God? It's It's okay. And, and then God's just like, no, that's not how you are supposed to be. That's not all right. John 13, 35, let them, let love be known what you're known for. 
as Christians. Let love be what you're known for. In Matthew 5, verse 44, love your enemies as yourself. Man, I can keep going on this line of thinking, and I, and I honestly, I don't think I need to, because I, I know you're there. I know some of you, this is the way that you're wired as well as me. We have this wrestling match with God, but God's a little bit unfair. He always wins for some reason. But it, it's interesting, when we try to justify what we're doing, if we, if, we, if we continue to try to justify, we're raising that self-justification against the Word of God, and, and it is not a fair fight. God always wins. It doesn't make sense to do the self-justification. No matter what action it is or whatever we're trying to justify, it will never hold up. God's Word is always going to win. It's always going to be such a permeating truth that just affects us in the deepest places of our heart. And I, and I really think that the reason for that is because we're not called just to be a slightly different shade than the rest of the world. He's calling us to be a number versus a letter. He's calling us to be transformed completely from the inside out, 100% changed, unrecognizable from who we were to who we are in Him. The Bible says in Romans 6, 6 to 11, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ has been raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over, her, over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Man, dead unto sin. It, it has no bounds on us. It holds nothing. Death is the complete end of action. And that is how we are to be to sin. We, but we now are alive into Christ Jesus, having sin defeated. We are called into the actions. He is calling us to do and be holy, to live a holy life. He's calling us to live and be. We are called to be holy. And for some, being called holy is kind of a bad thing. Like, they're like, oh yeah, you're holier than thou. And, and, and really, that's not the mindset. We're not supposed to lord it over people. We're not supposed to be, you know, rubbing it in people's faces. Oh, I don't do that because I'm a Christian. I don't know why you would do that. Holiness rather means to be set apart. Set apart for what? For God. For his actions in the world. That's what we're supposed to be set apart to do. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. So that Jesus can go and perform mighty, amazing, life-changing miracles in and through us, his people. For when Jesus, speaking to his disciples of his soon departure from the world, he said, it is better that I leave. Jesus being God in human flesh. Are you kidding me? It's better that he leaves? He leaves us as humans to ourselves, to our own devices. It's better that he left the world. God, fully, fully God, fully man, it's better for him to leave. He thought better for himself. One person, mind you, God, better for him to leave. Singular, one person. It would be better for him to leave. Why is that? 
because it would be better for him to leave so that he could send the helper, he said. Or depending on your translation, the advocate. Ultimately, what we call the Holy Spirit. It is better for Jesus to leave so that he can send the Holy Spirit who joins the Christian woman or man upon faith in Jesus Christ so that he is present in us as Christians. He is found in us. God with us. Jesus said it is better for him to leave. I I hope you're not missing this. This is so crucial for us as Christians. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it's not just us. It's not just me anymore. It is God in me. It is us together, me and God, going into the world. Jesus said it is better for him to leave because he knew that his reach would extend beyond just himself. He knew that it would extend, and not only just extend, but increase exponentially. For we as Christians, you and I are the hands of feet of Jesus into the world. Do you know that this morning? God is with you. He's been with you this last week. He's going to be with you in this upcoming week. He is always with you. He is for you, not against you. What a mighty, what a mighty, mighty calling for us as his followers to be. To be his ambassadors. To be the representatives of Jesus to a world who desperately needs him. That's why as as we've been going through this series, and and particularly this last little bit, looking at Christian character, it's not a minor issue we're talking about. It's not a minor thing when we say and we read in the Bible and, and then we hear a message about don't do these things, instead do this. Don't do these things, instead do this. Why does it matter? Why do our actions matter? Why does it matter what we're saying to the people around us or, or even into situations? Because it's not just us anymore. It, it, it's God with us. And so as we read these things about our actions, about our speech, about our thoughts, we're not talking about mere suggestions. We can't dismiss these things. They're, they're not suggestions. They're not things of like, if you can do this, you should try to do it. It's if you can, it, it is, you need to do this. It's not, I suggest you to not get drunk, as we read in the passage this morning. It's not, I suggest you not to swear. It's not, I suggest you to not lie. It's not, I suggest you to live a holy life. What we're talking about for us as Christians is far more than a suggestion because when people are looking at us, they should ultimately be seeing God who is found in us. We are to be sober-minded. What a horrible suggestion that our dependency on joy or on life can be found on anything other than God. We are to have speech which is edifying. God's words are life-giving. What a horrible suggestion that God's words should be anything other than life. We're to be honest. Man, what a horrible thing it would be if God is not trustworthy. We are to be holy because our life is surrendered and found in Christ and Christ alone. That's why these things, as as we talk about them, as we read about them in the Bible, they're not just suggestions. So what's your stride this morning? What's your Christian walk look like this morning? What's your day-to-day life as a Christian look like this morning? Is it reflecting Christ or is it reflecting your former self? I struggle with this. It's one of those things I think at the end of the day when, I, when I'm praying and I'm, I'm talking with God, it's, God, am I actually keeping up with you today? Did I actually surrender that bit of me that I've been holding on to or, or did I go back to just being who I always am? 
because it matters. God cares. God needs his representatives in the world representing him because there are so many people who don't know the truth about who Jesus is. And we need to be Christ to the people around us. So what do people see when they see you? What do people say about you? About your character? Not just your reputation. Not the thing that just kind of you, you did to impress someone, but what's your character? What's the tried and true thing that when situations happen, that's what comes out? What do people say about that? Do the things they say look and sound like other people who don't know the Alpha and the Omega? Or do they sound like they're talking about Jesus? Are they describing Jesus when they talk about you? Are you representing Jesus to a world who is needing the miracles only Jesus can do, and most importantly, the transformation he can do in our hearts? What a miracle that is. I want to go back to our passage, which, uh, Jason, we read read this morning, and and I want to dive into that again, but now with this mindset, because I think it's very easy to have the mindset of reading those passages or hearing them and being like, that's that's not for me. (laughs) God, I don't need to surrender that, right? And to have that wrestle. But let's go into this with the mindset of saying, okay, God, I'm not going to try to justify my actions, but I'm going to say, God, examine my heart. Allow me to be open to receive what you're wanting to tell me this morning. Examine my stride with you. Examine my walk with you. Is it it actually you that I'm worshiping in my day-to-day life? So let's go back there. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open there. It'll be on the screen as well. But Ephesians 5, verse 15, and we're going to read to 20. But I'm just going to read one passage, and then we'll kind of dive into it here. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says this. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. The world around us, our families, our our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, our neighbors, the people that we just happen to bump into— they're watching us, right? You guys have all heard the like kind of little bit of, of how the kid mirrors the parents, right? It's very true. But in the same way, everyone else is, is keeping an eye on what we're doing and how we're responding, what's going on in our life, and they're, they're watching us. Are we actually living a life of wisdom, making sure our choices are wise, that our thoughts are wise, our manner in which we conduct our life is wise? Now, a few of those things are noticeable by other people. The rest isn't. And, then, and it's very clear, our, our heart dictates the way that our life goes. Is our life, is our heart, is our thoughts, are they wise? What a blessing it can be to our families and our friends when we live a life of wisdom. A blessing which God wants us to have. This is why he writes it in here. It's not just to be like, okay, you know, live in wisdom, because you can do that. It's live in wisdom because there's a blessing in living a wise life. I mean, we all look up to wise people in our life. We have those people that we kind of aspire to be like because they're wise. They make wise choices. They live a wise life, and and we're just like astounded by the, the way they can do that, a manner in which they just conduct their life. So why, why are we willing to watch other people have that and, and be like, wow, that's awesome? Why aren't we aspiring to have that in our own life? Why aren't we actually seizing that for ourselves? To do that, it, it, it always starts and is founded in the one who is the creator of all wisdom. It starts in Jesus. It starts in God. So actually go to him, seek him out, and actually ask him 
to share his wisdom with us. What a blessing it is to have wisdom in our life. It shapes the world around us in such a better way than it would if we're unwise. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I don't think I need to convince convince you whatsoever that the days around us can be evil. We've faced that. There's been incident after incident which are just evil, bad, terrible incidents. And if we just stand idly by, we're we're just saying to that situation and, and to the people around us, we're okay with that. And as God's people, our first response to bad and evil days, to evil situations are to say, okay, God, we need you in this. God, we're going to pray. We're going to pray you into the situation because we need your hope that can come into the situation. We need your life that can be breathed into the situation. So God, please come into the situation in a big and a mighty way. We're going to seize this opportunity that you're presenting before us, and we're going to turn this day around. So God, how can I partner with you today? What are you up to in the world? And how can I actually work and walk alongside you in doing what you are calling me to do? How can I seize those opportunities that you are placing before me? God, tell me how I can live a life to the fullest, a life which is honestly going to be dangerous because I'm going to be acting and doing not what I want, but what you want. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. To do that, to actually understand what the Lord's will is, we need to spend time with God. How are we going to hear his will if we're not spending time with him? We need to be spending time with God on the regular. We need to be seeking him out. And how do we go about doing that? Well, the first thing, we need to be praying. We need to be actually seeking him out. We need to be inviting him into our daily life. Every single day, God, be with me today. God, open my eyes to see what you're up to today. God, like, tune my heart to hear what you're doing. I I desire to hear from you. We need to be reading the Bible. We need to actually be getting into his word. and, And we need to actually be studying it, allowing it to just seep into every part of our life so that way when situations come up, when, when, when life happens, we can deal with it from the Word of God. And we, we can respond to different things from the Word of God. We need to be listening to God. And, and this is the whole part of reading the Bible. It's good to read the Bible, but are you actually listening to God as you read it? And are you journaling what He's actually telling you as you read the Bible? Are you spending time just saying, God, speak to me? And then are you actually writing that down, what God is telling you? Because, I don't know about you, but I forget <laughs> very often what, God, what I believe God told me and what I know he's told me. And it's tough sometimes. If we try to just keep it all in our head, we have so many things going on. It, it's helpful to have a journal there to say, okay, God, I heard you say this to me, and I'm going to stand on that truth. So important to be doing that as well. And I, I struggle with that. I'm going to be trying my best to work on that every single day. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And we need to just be with him. God is willing to reveal his will to us, but we need to be desiring to hear it as well. I'm going to read verse 18 to 19. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Another very practical reminder by Paul, don't get drunk. (laughs) Should be pretty straightforward. Yeah, of course. 
There's a lot of verses about not getting drunk, and we should be actually living that out. And Paul just reminds the church in Ephesus, and we, we sometimes need to hear that reminder as well. You see, the world, that, that's the world's devices, to seek joy and worldly pleasures such as getting drunk. We who follow Jesus know that true joy and lasting happiness comes from him and him alone. Jesus is our joy. Do you know him to be your joy? Do you know him to be your joy? Worldly pleasures like alcohol or, or fitting whatever vice you want to put in there will only bring temporary joy, will only bring temporary happiness, will only bring temporary satisfaction. Lasting joy comes from the Spirit of God. Engage with God in your daily life and let Him be your joy. And it's funny, when you actually let Him do that, no matter the circumstances, He's going to give you joy to go through those things. Why? Because you know that God is with you. And if God is with you, who can be against you? And if God is with you, you're going to have the strength that you don't have because He's going to supply the strength. He's going to give you what you need as you go through this life. And then when we actually have that joy, we're able to engage with God in worship. We're able to engage with him with singing those psalms and those hymns and those songs. And we're going to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 20. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus that we can accomplish such a task. He has done far more than we could ever ask or desire. He's given us life and life to the fullest. One which he guides us and yet walks beside us. He loves us so greatly. How can we not return that love with praise and thankfulness? How can we not worship him and, and, and want to just delight in him? Because he's so good. He, he, he is so loving and kind. No matter what we do, we can never outdo his love. No matter how many times we mess up, God is still there being like, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm like, God, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing so good. I feel broken. I know I've hurt you. I know I've sinned. And God's just like, I love you. I love you. And for some of us, I think we need to hear that more often, that God loves us. No matter what we do, no matter what we've done, he loves us. And his love is ever, ever so. It's always with us. And it never leaves us. God is a loving father. I know for me, I have a desire to be healthy in my spiritual walk. I have, I have a desire to keep a good stride in my life, to keep these things such as prayer, such as reading my Bible, such as journaling, such as seeking him out on a daily basis. I desire to have that stride in my life, and I'm always trying to work on that, and thankfully God is patient. And for us as TCC here, our mission is to know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, and to share Jesus. And that walking bit is what we're talking about today. So how's your walk with Jesus this morning? How's it been over this past week? What does your stride look like? No matter what it's been, God wants to meet you where you're at. And I want to encourage you guys. I, if, you, if you feel God's Spirit telling you something, maybe, maybe He's encouraging you and just saying, you're doing so good. You just need to keep going. Just keep doing that. Keep going. Keep pushing hard into Jesus and, and be delighted in the joy that's going to come through that. 
For some of us, maybe, maybe we, we haven't had a great walk this week. Maybe our stride has been out of step. Maybe we're actually hurting, we're limping because our stride isn't healthy. It's not keeping those things in the daily basis. And we're limping because of it. If that's you, God, God is here and he's saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. It's okay, Let, let's pick those things up again. I want to meet with you. I want to spend time with you. Let's do this. I, I, I'm going to sustain you through this time. Let's keep going. I, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to hold you to it. And for some of us, maybe, maybe God's spirit is convicting us some, of some things that is keeping us out of alignment with him, that is keeping us from keeping a stride with him. And if that's so, I just encourage you, we're going to do some songs here right away, and I want to encourage you. Maybe you just need to spend the time in repenting. Maybe you need to spend some time in confession. And that might be the best thing you can do this morning. Whatever it is, I just pray that you would follow God's leading and prompting. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this amazing opportunity it is to be able to pray and, and, and to be able to share this message, Lord God, in front of my friends, in front of my family here, Lord. God, you're up to something amazing, and we're excited about it, Lord God. But for us to be able to partner with you, we need to keep our stride healthy. So, Lord God, help us with that. Help us to keep our stride healthy, to be always working on that, much the same as a marathoner needs to practice, needs to get out there, needs to do the running, actually. Help us to do that in our life. Help us to claim that for ourselves, Lord God, not just to look at other people who are doing that and being like, man, that looks great. God, help us to do that for ourselves this morning, Lord God. You know where we're at. You know what our heart's kind of going through right now. You know what's convicting us or encouraging us. God, please just meet us. We desperately need you, Jesus. We love you and we give you praise and glory because you are due those praise and glory. You loved us so much that you laid down your life for us. Help us to live our life for you, Jesus. To be your hands and feet into this world. Into Terwilliger. Into Edmonton. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.